I'm Vicky and I oversee the Compassion Project here at Ashford Vineyard. I am not going to be focusing on compassion this morning. Come and grab me afterwards if you'd like to talk about that. Or if you find one of our plugged in guides, we're on page 12. Other than overseeing compassion, my life involves many things. One of which is being married to Chris. He was leading worship this morning. Being a social worker here in Ashford and also being a massive Lady Gaga fan. Which leads me nicely on to our film for this morning. In August we are doing Real Faith. So we're kind of just making things a little bit more light-hearted and looking at the movies and seeing what God can teach us. I don't actually watch many movies, I'm really sorry. I had a thing on the radio yesterday that said this was in my top 10 worst movies of the year. I was like, I haven't even watched 10 movies this year. But when I heard that Lady Gaga was in a movie, I was there. At the cinema, never go to the cinema, maybe twice a year. So Lady Gaga got me to the cinema. So this morning, I'm going to be drawing on some thoughts from A Star Is Born to see what God might be saying to us about life. I am well aware, everybody, that Lady Gaga did not, you know, start this movie. There was Barbara Streisand before, but she doesn't quite do it for me like Lady Gaga. So we're going to start off uh, with a clip where we see... Lady Gaga, who is Ali in the film, speaking to Jackson Maine, who's a seasoned musician whom she's just met in a bar where she was performing and he stopped by quite randomly for a drink. Is that what I'm doing? Nobody ever asked you about you, huh? I'm not sure. Where are you from? Arizona. Arizona boy. Mm-hmm. Dad had like a midlife crisis, I think. So I've been told. Made his way to Arizona, started working for uh, his family on a pecan ranch. A pecan ranch? Yeah. Knocked up the family's daughter. She was just shy of 18. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I came into the picture. Okay, the yeah. son of an 18 year old. <laughs> <laughs> well, she died at childbirth. And my dad. I'm um, sorry. He. Uh, he died when I was 13, so I guess my brother would tell you that he raised me, but I don't know, I don't know who was raising who. Just 127 acres of nuts, Navajo, and nowhere to go. Tell me something, boy. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or do you need more? Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? Is that me? That's you. You just write that now? Yeah. Pretty good. I started writing this song the other day, and maybe that could work, like as a chorus or something. I have to think if I can remember it. Crash through the surface. 
this. <laughs> Is this supposed to help me? Can I tell you a secret? <laughs> so that clip shows exactly what I want us to hear from God about today, about listening to people, but about actually hearing people, and then most importantly, responding to people and helping them see who they are and what their potential is. Jackson has spent his whole life with this mask on, which Ali sees straight away, and she doesn't believe in herself as a musician but Jackson sees something really special in her. The two of them listen, hear, and actively respond to each other in a way that encourages and affirms their identities. So this morning, I would love you to start considering who are the stars in your life who are just waiting for someone to dig out the gold in them, see the real them, encourage them, and love them into life. In Proverbs, which is a book in the Bible full of wisdom, and I'm using the Passion Translation this morning, verse 27 says, Living your life seeking what is good for others brings untold favour, but those who wish evil for others will find it coming back on them. I love this verse. It's been my verse of the year on the front screen of my phone, so the couple of hundred times a day I pick that up, hopefully it reminds me of what God is calling me to do. And this is what I really try and spend a lot of my time doing as far as possible. God calls us to show people the possibility in their lives, and honestly, what an honour. I'm a social worker, as I mentioned before, and my job is to find out what people want and help them achieve it. It doesn't always go quite as smoothly as that, but that fundamentally is what it is. I'm so blessed that I get to do what I think God is asking us to do in the Bible. But there is nothing better than sitting with somebody around a dinner, over a coffee, talking to them and asking them the questions that no one else has. So I have a little stock of questions that when I meet someone new or I'm with someone that I really want to invest in, that I ask them. And these kind of questions really bring out the strangest and most joyful responses in people. So those of you who have met me recently, you might recognise a few questions that I've asked you. One of them would be, what's your story? Actually, when you ask somebody what their story is, what they say is what's the most important thing to them. What's the most defining moment in your life? Again, and that could be something incredibly joyful or something incredibly tragic, but it tells you what's in someone's heart. This is one of my favorite ones. What was your dream job growing, growing up? Amazing how many people wanted to be train drivers and pilots. But again, it kind of just speaks to somebody's sense of adventure, what makes them feel like they come alive. And also, if you could know the absolute and total truth to one question, what would it be? I'm not saying that I can ever give people the answers to those questions, but it's really interesting to have those conversations with people. When you ask questions like that, that are so open, your conversations will be richer and have much more purpose, and you will really see into people's hearts. Again, in Proverbs, we're told that the right words bring satisfaction, 
And I pray that God gives us all the right words to say to people, his words that show people what he thinks about them. So that verse in Proverbs, you might have seen um, on social media, it gets paraphrased quite a lot to, anyone can find the dirt in someone's life, be the one that finds the gold. It's not a very good biblical translation at all, but the sentiment is perfect. So what I wanted to just find out this morning, this is a very robust piece of research we're about to conduct. With a very quick show of hands, there is no judgment here this morning. If you can raise your hand, if in the last six months you have complained about something, someone, to a business or a company or an organisation. If you've made a complaint, can you raise your hands? Uh, I've made two in the last three days. So, so that's a fair number of it. Quite a lot who say they haven't made a complaint about anything. So, that's good. We'll come and hang out with you and go to the places you go to. But that's quite a lot of us. And mostly those complaints are justified. I'm, I'm certainly not suggesting we shouldn't be complaining about bad service. Let's make it constructive. But, you know, I'm not saying we shouldn't complain. But who has given an unsolicited compliment in the last six months to somebody? Ooh, okay, that was more than I expected, so that's good. And I'm genuinely really pleased about that. Often it's easier to kind of jump on the, this was wrong and that was wrong and, you know, do that. And it's easier to get on social media and moan about stuff than it is to get on social media or phone up somebody and say, Do you know what? This person did their job really, really well. I was thinking that often it can be a lot easier to find the dirt in someone's life. But actually, if across Ashford we all gave at least one unsolicited compliment every day to somebody across Ashford, what impact would that have on people's well-being, confidence and job satisfaction? Ask yourself, what does God think about the person you're interacting with? And then this is the groundbreaking bit, tell them. Don't keep that to yourself. I recently went to see Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in London, 27 years after I first saw it with my mum as an eight-year-old, when I was very much in eight-year-old love with Jason Donovan. The show was absolutely brilliant then and now, as I expected it to be. And I'm not going to bore you with singing all of the colours in order from the song, baffles me how I can remember that, yet I can't remember what I did yesterday. But I am going to challenge you to think about how you respond to people's aspirations. In the story of Joseph, which is found in Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, Joseph had some very clear dreams from God, which indicated that he was going to be successful, powerful, and influential. Joseph's brother's response to those dreams was to mock him, knock him down, sell him as a slave, and then pretend that he was dead. Now, I'm certainly hoping that no one here is selling people that they know as slaves when they talk about their dreams, but what do you actually say when people trust you with what is in their heart? Do you even acknowledge what you've been told? I think sometimes it can just pass by. Conversation moves on to what you're having for dinner. Do you kind of shrug, ask for a bit of, "Mm mm-hmm, great, mm, lovely? Do you ask some questions? Do you probe a bit deeper? Do you offer spiritual, practical, financial, or emotional support to help them achieve that dream? Do you cheer them on? Do you keep asking them how it's going, and what do they need from you to achieve the next step? I know which ones I think Jesus would be doing, and so I'm going to keep trying my hardest to keep hearing people, complimenting them, being interested, 
and having a God's eye view on people's dreams. Basically, we should be like Jason Donovan. He is currently playing Pharaoh in Joseph, and Pharaoh used all of the resources of the kingdom at his disposal to plow into Joseph to make him the best person that he could be. We have the entire resources of the kingdom of heaven available to us to plow into people to see their dreams achieved and help them see the potential that they might not. In the next clip, Jackson, who we have learnt has a number of struggles with alcohol and drugs, has ended up at the house of an old friend, Noodles, who is a retired musician. Jack, I feel like we've done this before. Didn't think we'd do it so soon, man. Come on, bro, get up. There we go. In my mind, I made it to the door. <laughs> I almost didn't like you. It's so comfortable. How so, you doing? Um, uh, you know, I've seen better days, I guess. I apologize for disrespecting you know property or whatever that did. You want some coffee? Big Gray, why don't you put some on and we'll come in in a minute. Okay. That's him, right? That's your boy. Jack, he's as old now as you were when I met you. <laughs> Saw you on YouTube, that video with the girl. Yeah. You made me happy, man. You look like you. You were just, just doing it, bro. It's your rights, too. She wrote that tune? Yeah. Bunch of others, too. Got hooked up with some manager guy who wants to. <coughs> yeah. She's good, bro. Yeah. Maybe she's a way out. Ain't nothing to be afraid of, bro. You know, it's like. I don't know, you, you float out, float out of sea, and then one day you find a port. Say, I'm gonna stay here for a few days. A few days, it comes a few years. And then you forgot where you were going in the first place. And you realize you don't really give a shit about where you was going, because you like where you're at. That's how it is for me. I like where I'm at. I didn't even realize I liked it so much until I saw your ass sleeping in the grass <laughs> this morning. <laughs> so here in that clip, we see the time investment that is so important to helping people thrive. Noodles knew Jackson when he was a seven-year-old boy. But we also see a place where there is no judgment, a safe place where Jackson can go, warts and all, and still be coached and mentored in helping him to find his happy place, the pl place where Jackson is himself and comes alive, where the mask that Ali noticed before is removed. 
A couple of weeks ago, Chris and I were having a very good conversation about the nature-nurture debate. We don't have a TV, so this is how we spend our evenings. We just had our godchildren to stay, our two beautiful godchildren to stay for the weekend. And of course, we were analysing both their behaviour and our behaviour once they had gone. We don't have children, and so with a psychology and a social work degree between us, um, we are always fascinated about what has happened in that short, those short times that we get to spend with our godchildren. And Chris said that he thought nature was about the potential that was in everybody, and the nurture is the watering it, developing it, and helping it to flourish. We are genuinely so honoured that our friends trust us to nurture their children. Makes me laugh a little bit sometimes. And it led me to think that in the context of this talk, what would it look like if we all took on the responsibility of nurturing not just our children or our, friends, our, our closest friends and our immediate family, who it's more than likely that we already know and like and are investing in quite a lot anyway, but of our wider communities, of our neighbours, of our colleagues, of the people we meet on the dog walk. Everybody has the potential. That nature element means that everybody is born with dreams and aspirations. And God wants us to know those in our lives. He wants us to see those come to fruition. In Acts, which is a book in the Bible, where we hear a lot about the moves of the Holy Spirit. In chapter 2, verses 17 to 19, it says that when the Spirit is poured out on people, there will be prophecy, visions and dreams amongst the young and the old, which will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. How wonderful it would be to see more of this happening now, simply because we were willing to find the time to invest in other people and pour God's Spirit out on them in the form of words of encouragement and affirmation. That's what Jesus did. He walked alongside people, he sat with them, he ate with them. And like Noodles finding Jackson, Jesus found people exactly where they were at. And despite everything, he gave them time and he invested in them. He nurtured people into life. I have a really wonderful colleague called Leslie, and I did ask her if I could share this story, um, who recently applied for an Open University degree programme sponsored by Kent County Council, who, who we work for, to complete a social work degree. Uh, Leslie is a lady in her mid-50s, and she's applied for this programme twice before. She's been knocked back twice before. She'd started a social work degree many, many years ago, but just life happened. Uh, her marriage broke up. She was a single mum, and she just couldn't complete that degree then. Leslie is a really brilliant practitioner. She's creative, knowledgeable, passionate and kind. And I know that because of her influence, my practice is certainly better. Her clients are very, very lucky to have her. When she applied for the social work degree this time, I knew that God was telling me to specifically invest in Leslie beyond just, hi, Leslie, how's it going? Hope that application's all right. Good luck with that but to really invest in her. She needed to see beyond the limitations that people had placed on her in the past and have the confidence in who she is and what she can do. So over a few weeks, I spent some time with Leslie, supporting, advising, cheering her on, and helping draw out the stuff in her that I knew would get her where she wanted to be. This wasn't often groundbreaking things. As part of the interview process, she had to do a presentation 
I like to think that I have a couple of small skills in the area of presentation and things like doing a PowerPoint. She'd never had to do that before. Leslie had never given a presentation in her life. So she didn't know what to do. So we, we put a, a PowerPoint presentation together. She practiced it on me, practiced it again. And that, that was all I was doing. I was listening and I was being available. But it was things that were needed so that she could shine. When Leslie called me to tell me that third time round she'd been accepted onto the degree programme, honestly, it still makes me cry a little bit just thinking about it now. I was so proud, honestly. I, it was just so wonderful to hear that people had recognised who she was. And not only that, she said, I never knew that I would be able to do that. She had this dream in her heart and actually God needed her to know that she was so worth it. God has definitely given you the honour of walking alongside someone that you need to invest in. Who is it? What skills has God given you that you are being called to give to somebody else? What good are you seeking for others and how will you help them find that? Leslie, in all of this situation, knew that she was fully known and truly loved because I kept telling her that God was going to give her the place on a degree programme. So in our final clip this morning, we see Jackson's brother Bobby and Ali talking about what Jackson thinks of Ali. Jack talked about how music is essentially 12 volts between any octave. 12 notes and the octave repeats. It's the same story told over and over, forever. All any artist can offer the world is how they see those 12 notes. That's it. <laughs> he loved how you see them. He just kept saying, I love how she sees them, Bobby. Our words are so powerful, and I'm not sure that we always recognize or remember that often enough. Bobby knew exactly what Jackson thought of Ali because Jackson told people what he thought. Jackson held Ali up as someone with exceptional skill and talent, and as far as he was able to with his own issues and his own limitations, Jackson ensured that she had the opportunity to shine. Jackson knew that despite life being the same 12 notes, Ali would bring something different and precious to that life. How do you speak about people? We had this a bit in worship this morning. Are you challenging misconceptions or years of lies that people have had spoken over them and things that they believe about themselves that are just not true? I think God has asked us to keep finding precious jewels on this earth and that we should give a really good shout-out when we find one. It's good to tell people what they mean to you and what they mean to God. Talk about people in an honouring and deferential way. They are a son or a daughter of the king. Don't bring them down or tell them that they can't do something. Use words about people that show possibility, vision and joy, not only to the person you're talking about, anyone else who might be listening. 
One of my clients recently asked me why I did my job, as it must be so depressing seeing people like her all of the time. And it made my heart break a little bit that that is how she viewed herself. She's a really complex lady. She's living with a brain injury, and she's been through a lot of trauma. But I was honestly able to tell her that it was because of people like her that I loved my job. I will keep telling her that she has value, that she has potential, and that there is a plan for her life. Whether she believes that, remembers it, or agrees with it is not the point. That is what she is going to hear from me. When we meet clients through AV Compassion, it's the same thing. It's about dignity, and it's about respect. It's about the people we meet knowing that someone cares, that they're precious, and that we want the best for them. We might give them food or clothes or equipment, but actually we want them to leave knowing a little bit more about what Jesus thinks about them. So I asked you at the beginning, who are the stars in your life who are just waiting for somebody to dig out the gold in them, see the real them, encourage them, and love them into life? If you're able, please do stand with me now and bring that person or people to mind. I would love it if you would commit that person to God now. Tell God a practical step that you are going to do this week to show that person that you are on their team and that you will help them on the road to achieving the great dreams that God has put in their heart. Thanks for listening to our podcast today and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.